0: Hello and welcome to Encouraging Others and Loving Jesus. I'm your host, Kim Smith. This is episode 221. What have you learned from a wise woman? As I have been focusing on our scripture text of today, which is 2 Samuel 20. And yes, we are going to cover the entire chapter in one fell swoop. But as I have Read over it. I just, uh, I shook my head a whole lot of the time to be real honest with you because last week's podcast episode was entitled Jumping on the Bandwagon. And if you haven't listened to that, go back, listen to episode 220, and then come back here. So we've been talking about David, King David and him leaving Jerusalem because Absalom was coming in as king and David wanted as little bloodshed as possible. And then David wins the kingship back. David's on his way back in and the men of Judah and the men of Israel are fighting over who's going to be there to escort him back into town. That makes the beginning of today's story Even crazier, because here we were talking about the whole concept of jumping on the bandwagon, how people have this tendency, at least a good portion of people, to try to to ride the coattails of someone who is victorious or is headed for victory. They love to be in the midst of the glory. But where are they in the midst of the gloom? And then we have this story come up. Because I kept asking you, so where in the world were all these men who were clamoring to get on David's bandwagon as he goes back into town victorious? Where were they when he had his head down and mournfully headed out of Jerusalem? Well, guess what? Some of them found another bandwagon at the beginning of 2 Samuel 20. Now, that is not our main focus for today, but I cannot help but start out by talking about that because it's just too ironic. So, what we're going to do is I'm going to read down through the entire text of Second Samuel 20. I can't guarantee that I'm not going to hesitate and, you know, kind of make little comments as we go down. But I want you to listen specifically for the intervention of the wise woman. We don't have a name, just the wise woman of Abel Beth Mekah. So here we go. So the 2 Samuel 20. There happened to be a troublemaker there named Sheba, son of Bikri, a man from the tribe of Benjamin. So the tribe of Benjamin was also the tribe of former king Saul. Okay. Sheba blew a ram's horn and began to chant, Down with the dynasty of David, we have no interest in the son of Jesse. Come on, you men of Israel, back to your homes. This is Here's the verse. Here is the verse. So all the men of Israel deserted David and followed Sheba, son of Bikri. Yoo-hoo, the bandwagon has just shifted. It It just blows my mind to see this, like how fickle these people were, but you and I cannot really throw stones a lot because how often do we have the same tendency where we really want to be around people who are successful in whatever way it is, I just think about randomness of growing up in a very small town and when somebody would win something, whether it be homecoming queen, whether it would be, we had a couple of local pageants, like they would have friends come out of the woodwork to take their pictures with them. And this was long before social media. But now that there is social media, each time that I see these occurrences, I see people in all of these pictures. And it might be that all of them are really that close to them. But I know that that has not been the case over the years. They jump on that bandwagon because this person has won. Whereas if this person... I don't see a whole lot of people posing with the people who did not win all of the the crowns, so to speak. And it's that, that human tendency to... Celebrate success and to somehow or another attach ourselves to it, whether we even do it, it may not even be a conscious effort, but we have that tendency. And here we have the men of Israel doing just that. But the men of ben- or ben- <laughs> Benjamin, but the men of Judah stayed with their king and escorted him from the Jordan River to Jerusalem. At least the men of Judah had found their own bandwagon and weren't going anywhere <laughs> so, uh, Verse three, when David came this this, as I said, this is one odd narrative. I'm, I'm saying that because when you hear what I'm about to read, you're gonna go, okay, that's why she's saying it. I'll be honest with you as I read during this time of David's reign, it just doesn't feel like the david of the the golden years as in i don't see any crying out to the lord i don't see any glory to the lord i don't see it's not that he he didn't have those moments because he may very well have had but what i do see is so much more like what was happening in the book of judges When they had no king and they did what was right in their own side, it just, it reads more like some sort of modern day reality TV or those shock shows where you've got the host and they bring on people to air their dirty laundry. That's what 2 Samuel 20 reminds me of So much. And that is just so sad. So here we go. I've set that up. Verse 3. When David came to his palace in Jerusalem, he took his ten concubines. So concubines were lesser wives. Okay. He had left to look after the palace and place them in seclusion. Their needs were provided for, but he no longer slept with them. So each of them lived like a widow until she died. I'm just, I don't even want to know why. I don't want to understand that. I'm just leaving it be. Book of Judges get behind us. Okay, verse 4. Then the king told Amasa, mobilize the army of Judah within three days and report back at that time. So Amasa went out to notify Judah, but it took him longer than the time he had been given. Then David said to Abishai, Sheba, son of Bikri, is going to hurt us more than Absalom did. Quick, take my troops and chase after him before he gets into the fortified town where we can't reach him so Abishai and Joab so in other words the commanders of David's military might at this point Joab just he's like a bad penny he just keeps popping up but anyway so Abishai and Joab together with the king's bodyguard and all the mighty warriors set out from Jerusalem to go after Sheba <laughs> excuse me as they arrived at the great stone of Gibeon, Amasa met them. Joab was wearing his military tunic with the dagger strapped to his belt. As he stepped forward to greet Amasa, he slipped his dagger from his sheath. How are you, my cousin, Joab said, and took him by the beard with his right hand as though to kiss him. Amasa didn't notice the dagger in his left hand, and Joab stabbed him in the stomach with it so that his insides gushed out onto the ground. Joab did not need to strike again, and Amasa soon died. Joab and his brother Abishai left him lying there and continued after Sheba. We'll keep going. One of Joab's young men shouted to Amasa's troops, If you are for Joab and David, come and follow Joab. But Amasa lay in his blood in the middle of the road, and Joab's man saw that, Everyone was stopping to stare at him, so he pulled him off the road into a field and threw a cloak over him. With the masses' body out of the way, everyone went on with Joab to capture Sheba, son of Bikri. We are not getting into that part of the narrative. I told you, it sounds like the Book of Judges to me. It, down to the left-handed knifing, Joab was ambitious to say the least, and in my opinion, he was ruthless, but David allowed him to be, and that might be a good character study just to look at the interactions between David and Joab, because David had a very dysfunctional family, and Joab was his nephew, and I think the dysfunction was not just in David's sons but I think it went a little further. So we are not going to into into that whole mess. Again, sounds like the book of judges we've already been there done that. So verse 14, meanwhile Sheba traveled through all the tribes of Israel eventually and eventually came to the town of Abel-Beth-Maacah. All the members of his own clan the Bichrites, assembled for battle and followed him into the town. When Joab's forces arrived, they attacked Abel Bethmaca. They built a siege ramp against the town's fortifications and began battering down the wall. Verse 16, which is our focal verse. But a wise woman in the town called out to Joab. Listen to me, Joab. Come over here so I can talk to you. As he approached, the woman asked, Are you Joab? I am, he replied. So she said, listen carefully to your servant. I'm listening, he said. Then she continued. There used to be a saying, if you want to settle an argument, ask advice at the town of Abel. I am one who is peace loving and faithful in Israel, but you are destroying an important town in Israel. Why do you want to devour what belongs to the Lord? Isn't that the first first reference to the Lord in this whole crazy story? It is. Verse 20. And Joab replied, believe me, I don't want to devour or destroy your town. That's not my purpose. All I want is a man named Sheba, son of Bikri, from the hill country of Ephraim, who has revolted against King David. If you hand over this one man to me, I will leave the town in peace. All right, the woman replied. This is gross, so here you go. Uh, the woman replied, we will throw his head over the wall to you. Then the woman went to all the people with her wise advice and they cut off Sheba's head and threw it out to Joab. So he blew the ram's horn and called his troops back from the attack. They all returned to their homes and Joab returned to the king at Jerusalem. Now Joab was commander of the army of Israel. Benaiah, who I like much better than Joab, just so you know. Beniah, son of Jehoiada, was captain of the king's bodyguard. Adoniram was in charge of forced labor. Jehoshaphat, son of Ahaludah was the royal historian. Shiva was the court secretary. Zadok and Abiathar were the priest. And Ira, a descendant of Jair, was David's personal priest. We will have one whole podcast episode on Benaiah at some point. So was that not a nutty, 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 nutty story? It was. It was. That's why I chose that out of all of that mess to focus on this wise woman. I mean, what do we see in her? Well, we see that she was not afraid to step into a difficult situation. She could see that there was going to be disaster occur to her town which also would have meant her own family if she had a family. And she was not only wise, but she was willing to use that wisdom to save lives and to intervene. You know, some people are very wise, but they don't have the assertiveness to step out and speak their mind And what a difference it might make in different situations. But this wise woman from Abel, we'll call it from Abel, she may very well, and more than likely did, save the lives of all of the people in her community. And Joab, listen, Joab Joab is a very... I give him credit for this. He's not my favorite biblical character at all, but I do give him credit. When he took on a mission, whether it was one that David gave him or one he just decided he he was going to accomplish, he looked for opportunities to make it happen. And in this case, he didn't... He didn't... He didn't... I uh, keep going off there, but he didn't veer from his purpose. He didn't cause undue deaths just to accomplish getting Sheba. He used what was in front of him, and he allowed this wise woman to accomplish the purpose And spare many lives in the process. So if I ask you in the weekly assignment feature, share with someone this week at least one piece of advice you have received from a wise woman. We have all met wise women. For those of us who are female on this podcast today, I truly hope that we are wise women. But we all know that we're not wise in every decision at all times. But we all know what it's like. To be around someone who is truly wise, that is so plugged into the Lord that when they speak, it's not just human wisdom, but it's wisdom from above. Proverbs 14.1 says, a wise woman builds her home, but a foolish woman tears it down with her own hands. Like we could spend an entire podcast just on that. And as I was thinking about this, I couldn't help but think of another wise woman who we talked about in a former podcast. Now, it was probably 20 to 25 episodes back, but there was another wise woman and she intervened. It wasn't Joab that time. It was David. And do you know where I'm going with this? do you remember the story? It's in 1 Samuel 25. So there was this man named Nabal, and Nabal was not nice. Nabal was contrary, as some people might say. And David and his men, this is when he was not king, David and his men had provided security for Nabal. Nabal was a wealthy businessman and he had 3,000 sheep, 1,000 goats, and David had provided security. And when he wanted Nabal to pay up, Nabal is like, oh, that's not happening. He says, "What?" Is, and this is uh, 1 Samuel 25, 10, he says, Who does this son of Jesse think he is? There are lots of servants these days who run away from their masters. Should I take my bread and my water and my meat that I've slaughtered for my shearers and give it to a band of outlaws who come from who knows where? You can bet that David wasn't real pleased with that. Uh, Of course not. And so the messengers came and told David what Nabal said. And David was fit to be tied. And David, again, did not inquire of the Lord, but he just took off and he was going to take out Nabal. And so, verse 14, here's where we get to the wise woman in that story. Meanwhile, one of Nabal's servants went to Abigail. So, Abigail was Nabal's wife and told her, David sent messengers from the wilderness to greet our master, but he screamed insults at them. These men have been very good to us, and we never suffered any harm from them. Nothing was stolen from us the whole time they were with us. In fact, day and night, they were like a wall of protection to us and the sheep. You need to know this and figure out what to do, for there is going to be trouble for our master and his whole family. He's so ill-tempered that no one can even talk to him. Abigail wasted no time. She gathered 200 loaves of bread, two wineskins full of wine, five sheep that had been slaughtered, Nearly a bushel of roasted grain, a 100 clusters of raisins, and 200 fig cakes. She packed them on donkeys, said to the servants, Go on ahead, I will follow you shortly. But she didn't tell her husband, Abel, what she was doing. Smart, smart lady here. As she was riding her donkey into the mountain ravine, she saw saw David and his men coming toward her. David had just been saying, A lot of good it did to help this fellow. Excuse me. We protected his flocks in the wilderness and nothing he owned was lost or stolen. But he's repeat repaid me evil for good. May God strike me or kill me. If even one man of his household is still alive tomorrow morning. When Abigail saw David, she quickly got off her donkey, bowed low before him. She fell at his feet. I accept all the blame in this matter. My Lord, please listen to what I have to say. I know Nabal is a wicked and ill-tempered man Please don't pay any attention to him. He's a fool, just as his name suggests. But if I never, but I never even saw the young men you sent. Now, my Lord, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, since the Lord has kept you from murdering and taking vengeance into your own hands, let all your enemies and those who try to harm you be as cursed as Nabal is. And here is a present that I, your servant, have brought to you and your young men. Please forgive me if I've offended you in any way. The Lord will surely reward you with a lasting dynasty, for you are fighting the Lord's battles, and you have not done wrong throughout your entire life. Boy, she put it. Ah, She laid it on thick. Um, Even when you are chased by those who seek to kill you, your life is safe in the care of the Lord your God, secure in his treasure pouch. Boy, that's a great phrase. But the the lives of your enemies will disappear like stones shot from a sling. Hmm, What's that referencing? When the Lord has done all he promised and has made you leader of Israel, don't let this be a blemish on your record. Then your conscience won't have to bear the staggering burden of needless bloodshed and vengeance. And when the Lord has done these great things for you, please remember me, your servant. David replied to Abigail, praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent you to meet me today. Thank God for your good sense. Bless you for keeping me from murder and from carrying out vengeance with my hands. For I swear by the Lord, the God of Israel, who has kept me from hurting you, that if you had not hurried out to meet me, not one of Nabal's men would still be alive tomorrow morning. Then David accepted her present and told her, return home in peace. I have heard what you said. We will not kill your husband. And if you remember, eventually, uh, well, short term, God struck Nabal down. David didn't have to kill him. God took care of that. And Abigail became one of David's many wives. Not not liking that part. But I am going to, in the show notes, I will put the link to that particular show because as I was reading back over that, there are just so many lessons to learn from Abigail regarding how to deal with somebody who is upset, like customer service, so to speak. And then a couple of things that she didn't, you know, it wasn't, wasn't uh, the best way to handle it, but for the majority, she did a great job. These two wise women, we've seen both of them intervene and save many lives. I want you to think about the wise women that you have encountered. How have they impacted you? It might have been a mother. It might have been a grandmother. It might have even been a great grandmother. Maybe it was an aunt. Maybe it was a neighbor. Maybe it was a Sunday school teacher. A GA leader. Someone at work, who is that wise woman who made a difference in your life? And what is one piece of advice that you could pass on from her? I'm going to post a graphic in the Facebook group, Encouraging Others in Loving Jesus, Asking for you to put that piece of advice in there for the other group members to be able to interact with. I may go ahead and put it on Twitter. Even though we don't have a lot of engagement from the group in there, I think I'll go ahead and put it in there as well. Just asking for people to share one piece of advice they've received from a wise woman. And if you are a lady, how wise are you? How wise are you living? How wise are you speaking to others? If the answer is not as much as it should be, why is that? Why are you not living wisely, speaking wisely, Could it be that you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and that that might be the wisest move you could make today? If you have any questions about that, reach out to somebody that you trust, who knows the Lord. Click on the link in the show notes that says, I want to begin a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Reach out to me at encouragingothersinlovingjesus at gmail.com. Like, Make that wise decision. But if you've made that decision, but you've just not been following the Lord as you know you should, how about you make the wise decision to seek Him with all your heart? I went out to eat just a little while ago. kept feeling very strongly that I needed to go to a particular place that I think I've only been to like three or four times ever. And my server He complimented me on my kindness to him, for which I was grateful. That was very sweet. He asked me if I was in the service industry. And I said, well, I'm a chaplain. And he said, oh. like He said it really nicely. He said, oh, I should have known because I had uh, a couple of commentaries on the table that I'd been reading, getting ready for my next Bible study. And he told me that he has been seeking out other world religions, and he's doing his research, and he plans to end with Christianity, which is where he said that's where he began his search. And I told him that I was going to pray for him, that he would find the truth because I know that if he truly seeks he is going to find the truth is only found in the person of Jesus Christ that is where all wisdom is found as well not only is that where salvation is found but that's where wisdom for daily living is found What have you learned from a wise woman? Take a moment and share that with others. Don't just hold on to it. Apply it, but also share it so that others may benefit from the words of wisdom you have received. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can check down in the show notes to find our links to social media pages, to our Facebook group. You can find the QR code where you can get to the full list of the podcast episodes. And I just thank you. Thank you for giving me a little of your time. How about you take a moment and just share this podcast episode or just the podcast in general with someone they could use some encouragement in their walk with the Lord. What a difference that could make. Maybe even more than you know. And remember, it's always a trust and obey kind of day.